ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Welcome into the Friday, January 11th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We've got Marshall women's basketball coach Tony Kemper coming up later on this hour. Plus, we'll get your phone calls in. The Miller Lite phone lines will be open for you at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste. Only 96 calories, the original light beer. So we've got Coach Kemper coming up a little bit later on this hour. We'll get into Marshall's matchup, both on the men's and women's side. The women taking on Western Kentucky. They're on the road, and we'll have that one, at least the result of that one, hopefully in our post game tomorrow. We'll have Marshall and Western Kentucky on the men's side. That's coming up tomorrow as well, and we'll get into that later on. I've got, I've got tons of notes. Working on the show prep now for tomorrow. Lots of things we can get in. I'm going to focus on the freshman battle. Bassey versus Kenzie. Tavion Kenzie, of course, Mr. Freshman Superstar for the Thundering Herd. Uh, Unless he puts together some back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back rock-solid Freshman of the Week type performances, it's probably Bassey's award. He's going to win freshman of the year. But there's still basketball to be played, and we'll see what the head-to-head looks like. And that's all coming up tomorrow. Of course, well, again, we'll have that for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So I've been following the Bengals' hunt for a coach. And yesterday the reports indicated that Zach Taylor, he's expected to be named the next head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He, of course, is your quarterback's coach right now for the Rams can't wait till they lose. Once they're done, either by winning the Super Bowl or eliminated from the postseason, uh, you can get this thing done if he's your guy. Now, is he your guy? Well, there's a lot of things to know about him. But I'll tell you, somebody who's not going to be on the staff, and that's Hugh Jackson. Thankfully, mercifully, it's over. Hugh's a good guy, I'm sure, but I don't want him around as the coach of the team I root for. He's done. According to reports, he is no longer on the staff. They did interview him. I think out of courtesy, they interviewed him, maybe see what he could offer the franchise if he would be maybe a good fit to come back and be the head coach. But I think that was maybe courtesy also. I think they once they zeroed in on their guy, they've got him. But he's not going to be around to be the head coach. He's also not going to be a coordinator because he got let go. If you're going to keep him around as either a coordinator or you are still thinking about keeping him as one of the finalists for the job, you wouldn't let him go. But he gets let go, and then the Bengals also get rid of current offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, so he's out. He's not a candidate. You would keep him around if he was a legitimate candidate. Unfortunately for him, he's out of work now. I think we're going to see a new coordinator come in. We're going to see a new coach. How much are we going to see that's going to be different for the Cincinnati Bengals? That's what's exciting me. And at the same time, I'm kind of curious, Well, how many are going to stay? How many on the staff are going to stay? We'll get the final tally, of course, once it's all said and done. But right now, your guy who, according to reports at least, it's his job to lose is Zach Taylor. So what do you know about Zach Taylor? Well, the first thing you need to know is he's a quarterback guru. You didn't see my air quotes there. But he knows quarterbacks because, well, he was one. He was a record-setting quarterback in Nebraska. He's an Oklahoma boy, and 
He was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year back in 2006. That's almost a lifetime for some of you. Now, he had some records that were since broken, but he left the school with records for passing yards in a game, 431, and a season, 3,197, and that was in 06, and also had a career of 5,850. So, you throw the ball. He knows the quarterback position since he played the quarterback position, and that seems to be the trend in the NFL now. Let's go get the guy who can can talk to the quarterback. You're looking for quarterback whisperers almost. Well, what else do we know about him? As far as his coaching pedigree is concerned, he was part of the offseason program with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he did spend some time in Canada, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Then he started his coaching career working for his uh, father-in-law, Mike Sherman, at Texas A&M. Then he spent four years there, went to the Miami Dolphins. Sherman became the offensive coordinator, and Taylor worked with quarterbacks. So he's there with the Dolphins. So he's been in the NFL for a few years. You remember Ryan Tannehill? You remember him, right? Yeah, right? They've mentored him, former Aggie quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't made the Pro Bowl yet. But you know what? He's throwing the bomb here and there. He's not a terrible quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Would you take Tannehill over Andy Dalton right now? That's a question we should ask. Now, if you look at the numbers, Tannehill's numbers are similar to Andy Dalton as far as first four years, you know, if you're just comparing careers. Dalton's maybe had a slightly better statistical performance, but this isn't something you look at and think is inconsequential. Also, I don't know how many Cincinnati Bearcat fans remember or feel how they fit he was, at UC in 2016. So he's still fresh in the mind of some some Bearcat fans. And they went 4-8. and eight. All right, strike there. 4-8, and eight, one of the worst offenses in the country. Don't know how much this you can lay on the feet of, of Taylor, but he is familiar with Cincinnati. I mean, come on. Tommy Tuberville wasn't a very rememberable season. How much of that's on Taylor? Head coach is where it starts and begins and ends and stops and all that other coach speak. So I'll put that on more of Tuberville, but you got to keep that in mind. So now what the resume looks like is he's a guy who, who hitches his star to Sean McVay. McVay basically can walk on water right now. Only thing he needs to do is win the Super Bowl, and the ascension is complete. It seems that everybody wants the next Sean McVay. He's the hot rising superstar right now. He's got to get the team to a Super Bowl, I think, to complete that journey. But the journey is gone if he doesn't win in the postseason, it's over. People go, oh, wait a minute. Or, okay, that's just a hiccup. Either way, right now, Sean McVay, he's the name. We're all talking about Sean McVay. Well, why are we talking about Sean McVay? Well, you look at L.A., they're not terrible. They're not terrible. And you see some increases in production. You see where the team is going. And I'll tell you what. He's got something going there. So why not strike while the iron's hot, right? It's a good move if you think there's going to be some success there. Now, this is not going to be another David Shula situation, I hope. And there are some parallels here. Shula was 32 when he was hired in 1992. I remember that day. Boy, do I remember that day because I thought, okay, there's got to be some Shula in him. After all, he's a Shula. There's got to be some of that Shula magic in there. Did it pass over? Is it genetic? Is it by hard work and studying? I mean, you can call the old man up, right? No. Those are the dark days for me and England. And if you weren't around during the 1992 season and 
the subsequent seasons with David Shula. You're better for it. You're not as scarred as I am. He was fired in 1996. He went 19-52. and 19-52. Yeah, it didn't get much better, but here's a guy who has to keep in mind there are parallels between him and Shula because Shula was 32. Taylor turns 36 in May. So not the youngest guy to get the job. And here's something else people are keeping an eye on. You might not have known this, but Press Taylor, he turns 31 on January 13th, is the quarterback's coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. So all of a sudden, you get your NFL job, you take over, you're the new guy. Do you put your phone to your ear and hit the speed dial, and do you pull up Press Taylor? Do you pull up Press Taylor? I think right there, that's your cell. That's your cell. You know, he um, coached a couple seasons at Tulsa. I think you knew that. Um, I will tell you what. Why is Press Taylor significant? I'm kind of curious. Do you know the answer? If you know the answer, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tweet me, at Paul Swan. At Paul Swan on Twitter. I want to know if you know why Press Taylor is significant to this conversation right now. You tell me. You're not going to win a prize, but I just want to know. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Let's see. See if I got some smart people in the audience this afternoon. At Paul Swan on Twitter. Throw me a line. Let me know if you know why Press Taylor is kind of significant, at least why we would have interest talking about him. All right, when we come back from break, uh, we're going to preview a little bit of the Marshall matchup against Western Kentucky. Later on, we've got Tony Kemper. We're going to talk women's basketball with him. And we'll get your phone calls all coming up. And you can hit us on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. I'm Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So to come, we're going to hear from Marshall women's basketball coach Tony Kemper. We'll talk to him in about 10, 15 minutes. Also, we'll get your phone calls in on the Miller Lite phone line at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I thought I threw a softball out there earlier. I wanted to find out if you remembered anything about Press Taylor. And, of course, why are we talking about Press Taylor Well, he's the younger brother of maybe soon-to-be-named head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor. Do you remember Press Taylor? Why am I talking about this guy? Well, I threw it out there to you on Twitter. Maybe you're not where you can tweet at me. I'm going to maybe give you the excuse that that's your reason or you just don't know. And I'll remind you, there's a history. There's always a connection somewhere. There's always a connection. Where did Press Taylor play his college ball at? I'll give you a hint. The university in question is in Huntington, West Virginia. I'll give you another hint. It's not Mount West. It's Marshall. That's right, Press Taylor playing a little QB for the Thundering Herd. You remember him? Apparently you don't, or if you did, you would have thrown me a tweet by now. I'm kind of disappointed in you. I'm sure I'll get some post-live tweets. I'll get some podcast tweets. Yeah, give me, um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, throw me some stuff out there. I want to hear you. And you can always find me on social media, at Paul Swan. At Paul Swan is where I'm at. And, of course, uh, when I'm at Marshall Games, uh, I'll tweet a bunch, give you some updates, scores, things like that. You know, Marshall news, things that are, um, are pressing, breaking news, things like that. You know, all that stuff you're supposed to do on Twitter. I do that as well. I'm at Paul Swan, and you can find me there. And don't forget, while you're thinking about that, you can always go to our website. You want to stream the show live. It's at WRVC.com. We've got the new streamer up there streaming away. 
Also, you can download our app. It's on the website. We've got the iTunes and the Android link right there for you. And all you have to do is download those, and you can listen to the program that way. And if you can't listen to us live, we've got the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast is where we'll be. I recommend if you're going to get the show, grab us on Apple Podcasts, or if you have an Android device, uh, Stitcher Radio is good, too. Uh, I actually have a podcast catcher. It's called, now, you're going to have to go to your app store to download this. And once you do, I think you'll appreciate it. It's called Overcast. It's free, and you can find the show there. Or you can do something else. You can ask your Amazon Echo to play the show for you once we upload it. Just ask her. Best way I do it, I go through the Stitcher app. Tell her to use the Stitcher app to play the drive with Paul Swan. And it usually works. I haven't had any problems so far when I go back to make sure things are working for the show. That's the best way you can catch the show. All right. Social media lesson over. Still to come, we're going to hear from the head coach himself of the Marshall women, Tony Kemper. He's going to join the program to get us set for action tomorrow between Western Kentucky and the Thundering Herd. There are a few things that uh, you might not have known about this series. Marshall needs a win. Marshall needs a win in this series. So these two teams, they actually started playing back in 1975-76 during that season. Not a constant series, not consistently. And then after Western Kentucky joined Conference USA, Marshall's got one victory in the series. And it happened in the 2016 quarterfinals Conference USA tournament. That's it. Maybe that changes on Saturday. Marshall's coming in with a uh, a sparkling 2-0 record in conference play. Guess what? So is Western Kentucky. Tony Kemper is going to talk to us about that when we come back from break. We'll hear from him. We're going to go a little early at the break so we can get him on the line. And when we come back, we'll hear from the head boss himself of the Marshall women's basketball team, Tony Kemper, on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow afternoon, the Marshall women on the road taking on Western Kentucky, the Thundering Herd and Western Kentucky. Similar records, both undefeated in Conference USA. So somebody gets their first loss in league tomorrow, and hopefully the Thundering Herd on the winning side of that. And the guy I'm hoping can make that happen is the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, Tony Kemper. He joins us on the program now. Getting this road trip over with finally. Uh, nice little jaunt to Western Kentucky. Hopefully, you're going to ruin their day tomorrow. Uh, that would be good. That would be a, that'd be a great thing for us. And um, you know, honestly, that'd be a challenge that that we've struggled with to this point. Um, and uh, you know, but one that would feel really good if we if we got it done. So I'm, uh, uh, you know, I said after the game the other day, I think this 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 road trip and this challenge comes at a really good time for us. I think we feel pretty good about ourselves and that's okay. And, uh, you know, probably the traditionally the toughest place for us to play is staring us in the face. So, um, you know, can we parlay the stuff that we saw at home and the grit and the determination to find a way to win? Um, you know, can we parlay it to one of the tougher places to play women's basketball? So tomorrow afternoon, uh, that, that test is on. How much of a rivalry is this one compared to some of the other matches you play? I know for the men it's a big deal. For the women's squad, has this become a big deal just yet? They've been pretty dominant in this series uh, ever since they got back in the Conference USA. One victory over Western Kentucky came in the 2016 quarterfinals of the tournament. Other than that, they've owned this series. So is this this one, you circle this one, right? Is that 
the feeling of this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I know that our I know that our team likes to play in it, you know, and that that the game that you're talking about in, in the conference USA tournament, I mean, that probably got us to the WNIT. That was a huge win against a really good team, um, you know, and I know it stung them when that when we did it. Um, but I think it's also fair to say we we've got to move in the direction that that maybe we took a couple steps in this past weekend um, in order for them to to really look at this every year and say we've got to get geared up for that. But I, I know we're excited about it and. Uh, you know, this this program is traditionally in women's basketball very, very good. And, uh, you know, they have had some really good players at Western over the past couple of years. And, um, you know, I think when you look ahead to the future, I think it's going to continue to be uh, one of the premier programs in our league. So it's a great measuring stick. And, um, you know, th- this is a great place to play basketball, too. I mean, it's going to be a good atmosphere. And, um, they've, got a, they've got a nice little gym over here. So, um, you know, it's an exciting exciting day and and uh i know as i said before it's gonna be a huge challenge so one that we'll have to we'll have to be pretty excited about playing and yet we can't be too emotional either we've gotta we gotta buckle down and concentrate marshall women's basketball coach tony kemper joining us on the program here on espn 94.1 fm and am 930 so i know you've been doing the film study first to get ready for your next opponent now you can see your first opponents against western kentucky what have you seen what do they look like well, they're you know last year they had they had two seniors, uh, both last names Brown, unrelated. Uh, one post player and a long left-handed wing that that uh, you know, Marshall fans they were at our game last year can remember some of the tough. You know, she can shoot step back, she can really jump up over the top of people and make make jumpers. And uh, she was in the WNBA camp for a while. Uh, Tasia Brown, they're they're gone now, so their team is a little bit different. Uh, they're led by a uh, young lady by the name of Dee Givens, who is. Uh, Fantastic three-point shooter, really long as well. Um, and then they have uh, they have mined the foreign recruiting to find that they have two Egyptians. Um, one is a sophomore post player who is uh, averages about 15 points a game, and then um, they have a freshman who's back-to-back freshman of the week, um, which that's the first time that's happened in our league since Ashley St. Jean um, won it a couple years ago back-to-back. So um, they've got those. Kind of those three, and then they have a lot of other um, people who have been around a you know a winning program for a long time that that can get you if you uh, if you don't know kind of what their tendencies are and how they're how they're trying to make it happen. What do they do as a program that helps them stay so consistent? You look at resources; they're on par with so many different teams in Conference USA. But what is it that's keeping them sort of head and shoulders above many programs? Well, I think you know I think right now they there they expect to win you know and I think that's that's the part that um, you know I know in, in our program I think that you know hopefully went a long ways for us in in that mentality you know I think when they walk in a conference USA game they they are used to performing really well and therefore when they walk in there as freshmen there's enough uh, there's enough people around them that have been through it that are used to winning a lot of games that kind of you know I don't know if they wink or they nod their head or what they do but um, you know they are used to coming out on the right side of the game, and uh, you know, so I, I think that you know I don't know if that's aura or what that is, um, but I kind of think that they have that rolling. And uh, you know, tomorrow when that tips up, they are going to expect to take care of business. And you know, we've got to come in there with that same mentality um, from the other side. That um, you know, there's obviously it's a it's what a big game and a big challenge, and yet you know if we do X, Y, and Z. We can we can feel pretty good when it's over. So 
you know, I mean, I think to me that's it. It's just the, the persona that, you know, when they step on the floor, they're probably going to get it done. You've got some swagger on your team, though. Uh, Shayna Gore, one of the top players in Conference USA. We can go on and on about her, but uh, you've had several who have stepped up. But I guess it starts with Shayna. What's the, the mindset? I'm sure she's just sick and tired of losing to these these ladies. <laughs> well, they, you know, Shayna remembers the, the, the game that we beat them. Um, you know, and I also know that she – she circles this game. She wants to play well, but she she's a she's a competitive little cat. So she circles every game. You know, she doesn't really. Uh, I don't really worry about her and whether or not when we when we tip it up is, is she going to be ready to, to play or not. But um, you know, I think her. I think you know Taylor Porter this year has been. She's been a huge addition to our team, and um, you know she's she's just kind of a brawler. I mean, that's what she likes to do. She likes to mix it up. She's one of the smallest ones out there. Every time she plays. She's got a tremendous energy level. Um, you know, she's a fighter. She gets after the ball. Her on-ball defense in the two games this weekend um, against Old Dominion, Old Dominion and Charlotte was probably some of the best, um, you know, on-ball defense out of a guard that we've seen here in, a, in quite a few years. So, um, you know, I like those two senior leaders. And um, I think they have begun here to really impart their will on everybody else that, um, you know, hey, we're – you may get us, but but you're going to take a heck of a swing if you do. And you know, I think that at the end of the day, that's what that's what we got to do. Is we got to we got to line up every night. We got to play really really hard, and we've got to be a really tough out. And if we do that, um, you know, you stress other people and they make mistakes, like what happened this weekend. And then pretty soon you look up and you get it done. And um, I think we're mentality wise, we're we're a lot closer um, as far as I'm concerned from a head coaching perspective of being where we want to be. Matchup wise, I know this is going to be a defensive struggle. At least Western Kentucky is going to be very good on the defensive side. How do you match that? How do you keep up with that intensity? Because at the end of the day, uh, this isn't going to be a high scoring affair, at least uh, if both squads lock down. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they traditionally score the ball pretty well at home. And, um, you know, what they try to do is they really try to keep you off balance defensively. They play a lot of different defenses, and they like they, they want to create turnovers. So we've got to handle any pressure that we might, might see. And then we also have to handle um, schematically what defense that they're in. Um, you know, sometimes it looks like man and it's zone. Sometimes it looks like zone and it's man. And uh, we've just got to do a good job of finding the open people moving the basketball and I think we can I think we can get some baskets on them and then you know defensively we've got to continue to make um, Jason Corey and I were looking at stats on the way over here and uh, we are the number one team in Conference USA right now defensive field goal percentage which that's a that's a really good metric for how good your defense is um, because it takes tempo out of it you know if you look at scoring um, you know I can play really slow and keep people from scoring but if your defensive field goal percentage is good then that means you're you're getting people to shoot tough shots and uh, we need to continue to do that um, we need to have a, a day where we we really fight them and, and we we force them into the shots that we want them to take and um, if we do that we got to rebound as long as we can rebound we'll have a shot Three and zero. How how great would that just be for you personally, and just as proof positive that this program is moving in the right direction? Well, I would be happy. You know, we would be pretty happy, and uh, I'm I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to see this game. You know, and I, I think it. As I said, I think it comes at a really good time for us. Um, this is this is kind of a, a 
uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a demon maybe that's staring us right in the face. We need to handle playing Western at Western better than we ever have. And uh, we need to fight them. And we don't need to back down. And, um, I'm excited to see us go go take on the challenge. And it would be, you know, if I call you on the way home and we're 3-0, and um, that, that, would be, that would be even better, even better. See, I plan my pregame based on how good of a day you're having, and I just automatically assume <laughs> I'm going to have a good pregame because i got a segment blocked out for you. So don't make me do extra work tomorrow. I've got one segment blocked out for Tony Kemper tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's what we did last weekend, and it worked. And, um, you know, if we can find a way to make it happen, and then obviously if Coach D'Antoni keeps his boys going, it'd be – Pretty good weekend again in Marshall basketball, so um, should be exciting there at home. I hope it's crowded. I hope it's crowded uh, for that big Western Kentucky men's game as well. And hopefully, uh, you and I talk talk pregame about a victory. Yeah, I look forward to that as well. Uh, how many of the uh, herd faithful do you expect have made the trip to uh, Bowling Green for this one? Uh, I think we'll have a good little pocket of green behind us. That's that's always good to see some uh, see some friendlies in here. You don't see that everywhere you go uh, for different schools. Uh, I think Marshall's one of the few exceptions where you probably expect to see some Kelly Green no matter where you're at. Uh, you are you are correct. I say that a lot in, in recruiting. You know, I, I think we're one of the few places in the country where uh, you can kind of walk through an airport anywhere and uh, somebody's going to look at you and say, go herd. And that's, uh, I know when you're out on the road, that's a, that's a great little thing. And um, I think there will be a little bit of Kelly Green in here tomorrow. And hopefully we, we, uh, we give them something to cheer for. Tony Kemper is our guest, Marshall University women's basketball coach, going for 3-0 and tomorrow. And I'm just going to plan ahead right now. We're going to intro the show tomorrow pregame. <laughs> Just announce the fact that you've got the win, and then we'll just expect your phone call. That's that's my pregame tomorrow. That's all I need to know. That would be great. That would be great. I'll probably be able to talk for, I don't know how long your pregame is, but I can probably fill it up to get it done. Oh, that's uh, even better. I'll just sit back and let you go, and I'll, I'll, go, get a, a, I'll go get a beverage or something. You know, just let there you go. go. Coach, congratulations go. on the great start. Uh, looking forward to win number three tomorrow, and let's hope we're talking tomorrow. Appreciate it, Paul. Thanks. That's Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall University women's basketball team. I'm Paul Swan. We'll take your phone calls on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday edition. It's January 11th. You're listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow, Marshall Basketball at the Cam Henderson Center. First time in a long time. Thundering Herd have not seen the Cam Henderson Center for over a month. So, what can we expect from Marshall tomorrow? They went on the road and they were, I thought, very good. Those are better games than I'm used to seeing in a while from them, and I expected them to be a little bit better in the non-conference, but they definitely started winning where it counted. So what are we going to see tomorrow? Well, you got to see an aggressive team because Western Kentucky is susceptible. If you were listening to the show yesterday, and if you didn't, go back to the podcast at wrvc.com. You can pull up there, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio. When I was talking to Randy Lee, the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, he talked about the fact that Western Kentucky blew a 21-point lead at the Ted Constant Center. They lost to Old Dominion 69-66. So they're a team that I'm aware of that, but at the same time, 
they're susceptible. They gave up a gave a big lead. You get a 21-point lead on somebody, you better hang on to it because if not, things like this happen. So Marshall has not been at the Henderson Center for a long time, and Marshall, of course, will be there three games, then go back on the road. This will be the longest Conference USA homestand of the season because they're going to play three at home, then they're going to play three on the road, and then they'll get back to the normal Two road, two home, two road, two home, and then they'll get to the pod system. Once we see what the scheduling looks like in the pod system, we can probably talk a little bit more about if it's a good thing for Conference USA. How is it going to work? Not until February. So Marshall coming up tomorrow against Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky owns the all-time series 15-11. to 11. Marshall did take the last meeting. You remember 2018 Conference USA Championship game. Yeah, you remember that. March 10th, 2018. I don't know if you remember the date. I do. Also, Rick Stansberry, good coach, but he's 2-3 and three in his career against Marshall. Let's make that 2-4 and four tomorrow. And of course, if you can't come to the game, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, something else that's going to happen tomorrow at the game, we're finally going to see what the statue looks like of Hal Greer. And there's going to be a model on hand. They're going to unveil that, so you're going to get to see what the model of soon-to-be full-scale version will look like and where they're going to put it, their plan. So that's going to be a neat little thing for tomorrow's game. And I think there's some promotions you can tie into this. Not now, but once that thing is unveiled, there are some things. You could have a Hal Greer night. Go ahead, Marshall. Take my idea. I'll make more. Have a Hal Greer night and don't do the first 100. No, give me the first 2,000, 4,000, 5,000. Give me a significant number here. That's the one thing. Don't give me the first, hey, the first 500, get it. No, make it thousands. So everybody gets a shot at this. I would have a promotional night where you have a replica of the Hal Greer statue as a giveaway. How cool would that be? You could have your very own Hal Greer Boulevard um, sign replica. You could have your very own. You could have your very own Hal Greer statue. You could put it up on the mantle. It'd be a nice little display item. Make it look good too. I, I don't know if don't put it. Don't put a sponsor on it. I guess you might have to to pay for the thing. I don't know. But take some cues from some of the uh, Major League Baseball teams and other teams. Have a giveaway. You have this replica statue as a giveaway for Hal Greer. That'd be cool. I think so. But, yeah, definitely do that. Have a Hal Greer night. Unveiling the statue, same day, Thundering Herds playing. You have this as a giveaway item. I think you'll get a lot of people show up. It would be cool for sure. It would be a nice collector's item. Put it in a a shadow box or something like that. Display on your desk, on your shelf. Marshall needs to do more of that stuff. I think that would help. Not necessarily that's going to be the reason to draw a lot of people, but I would do promotions all year. I mean tangible promotions, not just T-shirts. I would come up with things. Maybe you have a bobblehead night. You devote one year to a bobblehead, one day a year. Come up with some promotions. I think that would help. Just make it fun. I mean, baseball is fun from the standpoint that you show up. Every night's a different night for something. You got magnetic schedule night. You got poster night. You got free T-shirt night. You got bobblehead night. Certain tickets entitle you to the bobblehead. So you've got different promotions going on. I mean, really, I would make a strong effort to try to amp my promotions budget up just a little bit and do some nice things like that. 
And just tie it in. We'll start, kick it off with the Hal Greer statue. Well-deserved, by the way. He was a significant player at Marshall University. He was a significant player in the NBA. And his his inclusion on the Marshall roster helped pave the way for so many others. So I'm excited for that. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow. And, of course, Marshall takes on Western Kentucky. Thundering Herd looking to go 3-0 in conference play. Western Kentucky... They would like to improve to two and one. Trying to get that bad taste out of their mouth, blowing a 21-point lead at the Ted Constant Center. How? How do you do that and lose 69-66? So Old Dominion, they're one and one. They're probably just sitting there going, man, if we could have got Marshall, we could have got Marshall. We'll be looking at us. We might be a top 25 team. We'd be right there on the outside looking in. If we could have got Marshall, you know that's going through their mind. Or they just took it out on Western Kentucky. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to seeing the freshman tomorrow, Charles Bassey. Tavion Kinsey, hey, that could be a fun battle. Just watching those two freshmen go after each other and go after each other's team. We'll talk about more about what's the minutia of this game tomorrow. But keep in mind, Marshall needs a halftime lead. Marshall's 8-0 when they lead at half. And if they can keep doing what they did at Charlotte, they only turned the ball over four times. If they can limit turnovers, that's going to be huge right there. That's going to be a key stat to keep an eye on. Turnovers and points in the paint. We talk about it, and we will continue to talk about it. Points in the paint. That seems to be a key statistic for the Thundering Herd. Force turnovers, limit your turnovers, points in the paint. Because Marshall's forced more turnovers than their opponent almost every game. 13 of 15 games, Marshall has forced more turnovers than their opponent. And that's going to be a big stat to keep an eye on. Of course, also shooting, passing the ball. All the basics. Thundering Herd need to do all the basics. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to thank Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, for joining us early, talking about his program. Tomorrow, 5.30, we'll go on the air with our pregame. Marshall taking on Western Kentucky. We'll be at the Cam Henderson Center. Look forward to seeing you there. Stripe the Cam is the promotion. Go to the website, herdzone.com. So you can find out where you need to sit and what color. If you've got general admission ticket, you've got your reserve seating, what color are you going to wear? Let's make it, if they're going to do this, let's make it look good. Okay, Herd fans, come on. Show up, right color, don't wear pink, none of that stuff. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington. W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, Huntington Sports Station.